This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The Down on the Docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app. Or hey, listen, wherever else you're getting that download action from, we're down with that as long as you're liking, subscribing, sharing, and of course, enjoying this podcast. And those feelings go for YouTube as well. If you hadn't said hello yet, head on over to our socials and say what's up. Also, if you've seen that gear around town, maybe saw it at the stadium, maybe saw it on the road, maybe saw it at the bar, maybe saw it in the alley, I don't know, and you want that street cred for rocking the rye bread, hit up at simply.cora, that's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. All right, let's get right into it. It's been, what, two weeks since the... uh, since the press conference, since the 54% uh, blow up, the uh, we're doing the fans a favor, well, uh, we, we're going to do an episode, and we were going to do an instant reaction to it, but it was just, it was a lot to unpack, and, and watching everybody on social media and listening to everybody else's podcasts and just hearing what everybody's got to say, including what... Jerry had to say when he did a follow-up interview on 710. Kind of just took, you know, a, a couple-week break, uh, cooled down. Um, of course, just kind of like talked with one another a little bit, and finally we were just like, you know what? Let's just have some cocktails and let's just get on uh, our stream yard and just kind of talk about it, see where we're at. Um, but the uh, next season of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, will start. Uh, few days after the world series wraps up whenever the world series wraps up and things get going probably look for that in the uh first week of november we will be back with our all brand new season different kind of format but same old uh you know the the vibe will be the same anyways this episode is me hanno up in edmonds and our good friend chris copacino from copacino fujicato Again, they're the ones that made all those classic Seattle Mariners commercials that we are missing. Honestly, we are missing them. Kopi had some wine. I think Hanno had some high noons. And I was pretty tired because I had uh, recorded some other things that day. So I had to have myself a little vodka Red Bull. Anyways, uh, we're sitting around just kind of chopping it up here on this episode. Just Just a little disclaimer since this was a cocktail episode. Of course, there's always something that gets forgotten or gets messed up or we lose um as you can hear me right now i'm talking on a regular microphone here uh, that i usually podcast on during this podcast i forgot to turn on my mic so i was doing all my audio through my earbuds but um this isn't a this is more of a conversation so it's not me leading through most of the show, so it's not like you have to listen to me a lot in it, but it's okay. It's good. It just doesn't sound just like this. You get it. You've lived through, uh, you know, lockdown uh, podcasts, so um, you get it. Anyways, I'm going to shut the help. Get out of the way so you can enjoy this throw-in episode of the Rye Bread Mustard, a Mariners podcast. That's going to start, how about right now? Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. 
Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Let's just uh, recap this, guys. We've had the collapse in September. We have had the comments from Cal Raleigh. And during September, we also had the comments from Kirby. We've had the press conference happen and we've had to photos follow up from that and i think any mariner i think any mariners fan that is listening to this probably knows what all those things are right um yeah yeah i mean yeah it's been i mean that's that's basically what happened it's been real quiet since which you, you you'd expect save save for some uh jealousy on mariners twitter talking about the teams that spent who are still in there and you know casting casting shade on on the organization which you know i i get uh, i guess i get um because you can't you can't argue it they're playing or not so uh but yeah it's uh i think i, I think everything you just said is exactly the uh the things we need to talk about what are you gonna say hannah i was gonna say since you brought up the the money in it i think i ran across something that said teams that uh or at least in the top 10 in payroll have won the World Series a bunch of years in a row. I wish I could have the facts in front of me or look it up, but there is some truth to that. Payroll helps. Payroll does help um, if you have a really good foundation. And so I just I just don't think the Mariners are, are quite are quite there, and, and that sounds like a, a an excuse. But – I guess here, let me just give you let me give you a minute on on this season just to give you my thought, which which might be one thousand percent full of shit, probably is, but this is my thought. I think the Mariners came into twenty three with high, super high fan expectation coming off uh, the breaking of the drought last year, and very high expectation organizationally because on paper it was the bet you know the best team that they ever assembled, right? Like, you know, when you looked at baseball cards and you looked at what you did and you expect you expected where you're going to be, you said, this is the best, most talented team. Jerry said that, the most talented team he, he's had since he's been here. And, you know, if he he bookended the seasons on swings and whiffs because his free agency and his press conference comments were both, were both whiffs. But I don't think they were wrong. And I, I you know, I because everyone was excited. Ever, Colton Wong, everyone was excited. Pollock, yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of bat you need on the bench. Like people were like, I get, I kind of get it. In spring training, there was a buzz. So here's what I here's what I think happened. I think they were obviously a bat short the whole year, and that almost torpedoed the season. But they pitched their ass off. However, I don't think Jerry. I think Jerry knew that he wasn't going to be able to fix the offense in year, and that it only took a historic. August to put them to where they got there. Cause at on the trade deadline, when they traded Paul Seawald, there were three games over and they were, they were middling. And I think Jerry didn't think he had it, that he was going to get there. And so he traded high on Seawald. And I still think the Seawald trade, although made a lot of sense organizationally. And I think the pieces that came from it were good. Ultimately you needed him down the stretch because the high leverage guys weren't as good and you missed and you needed another, another high leverage guy and you never got the bat that you wanted at, at the deadline. So I think 
So my thing is, I think J- Jerry actually kind of was resigned that the season was not going to turn out the way it was. Traded Seawald. They caught fucking fire. Just went on a heater in August. Got into contention. And then down the stretch, the things that their short their shortcomings absolutely came and uh, and caught up with them. They they were they were short a bat, they were short some depth on the bench, and they ran out they and they they ran out of uh they ran out of arms. Um, their high their high leverage guys were were did you know Munoz wasn't amazing. He got it going at the end, but he was a stretcher. He wasn't great. You needed another leverage arm, and then you know. Everything regresses to the mean, and so the Mariners pitched their ass off the whole year. And the last, the last uh, month of the season, their pitching was still really good. It was just mortal, and it couldn't overcome the lack of bats. So I think this was this was a complete misfire year on contention. But I don't. But I I understand where Jerry goes. Like the organization is still in a better place because of the core you have here, and and the pitching that they've assembled, and the pitching that they're going to continue to have, and the position players who are coming. So I get all that. I just think that, you know, the fan base, you know, just erupted in in the drought break of last year. And, you know, I, like I've said before, everything in life is a function of expectations. So they, they really thought that they were going to take that next step. And, you know, progress is all, isn't always linear. Sometimes it's two, you know, uh, one step forward, two steps back to take them three steps. But that's what I think happened this year. But I actually think they're in a really good position going forward because of their pitching core, the controllable arms, the, the the foundation, and you can build around that. So we'll talk about what happens next, but that is my overarching thing. I think it was just an absolute misfire, and I think Jerry knew it. Um, I don't agree that we were. I was excited about Colton Wong. I was excited about the getting Jesse Winker and never having to talk about him. We were missing a bat all year long. And we were also also gambling on, which I'm fine with, which actually I am fine with, with going, we're going to see progression. We're going to see progression from uh, Jared Kelnick. We saw it for a month, a month and a half, right, of the season, maybe two months of the whole season. You know, he's injured quite a bit of it. We did see progression with the starting pitching. We saw some regression, Ty France, obviously. A. Eugenio Suarez, but then you also saw uh, progression, a progression in certain areas. Uh, J.P. Crawford, uh, Cal Raleigh, I think, even had a better, more complete season, played a full season. Julio, obviously, taking a step forward. There was a lot of this. My biggest problem on the whole year was the lack of, of concentration, sloppiness. Uh, yes, we did lose Robbie Ray. Yes. We uh, had Armstead, but we lost some other pitchers. Um, but inconsistency, the lack of discipline, you can also see with the strikeouts. Um, as far as what Jerry Depoto and the Mariners in the offseason, look, they, they failed last offseason. If they would have won the World Series, made the class, I would have said the same thing. I think they had a chance to make some, some moves. They didn't do it. Uh, but also the core of the team, where I did hear him talk about in his press conference outside of the 54% muff and the uh, we're doing the fans a favor. Yeah, I feel like this Mariners team that didn't make the playoffs overall was better talented, better level of players than we had last year, except for maybe in the bullpen. 
But overall, I feel better going into next year. But at the end of the game, end of the day, I think it was the sloppiness and the lack of who was going to come off the bench. As far as Jared Depoto, as far as Jared Depoto's comments, yeah, they're definitely the Mariners' PR uh, group is working overtime. They're they're earning that retainer here in the last month. But I'm also not so overreactive where it's like, yeah, we're in a sustainable window. Should we have made moves in the offseason last year that didn't happen? Jerry Depoto has now admitted that, that, yeah, that just didn't happen. He made some bad decisions. I'm fine with that. Uh, next year, do I feel like is an important year for those guys? Sure. But overall, I do feel like there is an overreaction, but at the same time, Something's got to happen because I look at Houston and they're just going to find a way. Uh, that's just who they are until somebody stops them. That's who they are. And the Texas Rangers, look, they ain't going anywhere. And they got a lot of players in their prime and um, and they've played add-on and they're willing to spend the money. At the start of September, if, I, if you were to tell me that they were going to collapse like this, no. I had an episode with the ninja on here where I was like, hey, if we can just play 500, we'll be totally fine. And that turned out to be true. If they would have just played 500 down the stretch, they would have won the West by like four or five games. I just think it's the sloppiness, the focus, and um, just the overall discipline is my biggest disappointment from last year, even more so than what I thought they would get in free agency. Hannah? I'm going to stick kind of with the – baseball operations slash ownership side um since we get to you have me on to talk baseball quite a bit myron so um for me and the jerry depoto area era i was okay with the, the teardown and i am someone who had liked what i've been seeing um the mariners miss the playoffs by one game and then the following year, make the playoffs, make a deep run. Um, looked fantastic. I thought they played Houston, who was the eventual World Series champion, better than anybody in the playoffs. And so looking forward to this offseason, um, everybody kind of knew that they were a bat short or two and was hoping that they would uh, make that next step. I mean, that's kind of as a fan, and that's how I view myself when talking about this as a fan every time, is uh, just, you know, improvement, getting there. Baseball is a funny game. We know things can happen. You can get hot or cold. But it was so disappointing to me that they did not put forth, in my opinion, like any effort. And I feel like saying it's no effort because in the winter meetings, they said, yeah, there's a bunch of free agents, but we're not talking with anyone. I mean, that was reported on Major League Baseball Network. That's frustrating. And just kind of their their attitude really bugged me this year. I mean, they had the All-Star game here. They had the excitement of the fans. I mean, Mariner Town was back, and I believe this town's a Mariner Town. So that was really frustrating. As far as the move at the deadline, I was okay with the move, but I truly believe, like you mentioned, Kopi. They did not feel that the Mariners could make a run, and that was evident. And that's fine, and that happens. I'm not so down on it like some people. Yeah, they should have went out and maybe got an extra arm, another bat uh, to help them with this push. I mean, it is what it is. For me, it was the offseason. Uh, the 
So, and then the other thing is we talk about core so much in Jerry DePoto. Are we talking just about positional players or pitchers as well? Because when we talk about core, I only truly see two, maybe three guys that are part of the core that have came through, and that's Julio and Cal. And and uh, JP has turned his – I mean, improved his career not, and even turned it around. So I consider only three out of the what, the remaining – five position players not counting the pitchers so i feel like we got a long ways to go and it's taken a while am i crazy i mean i think if you're going to go pure homegrown talent i think it i think you have to be really strong in the farm system so i think the fact that they have foundationally uh from a position player standpoint you know, they have with Julio, Cal, JP that they traded for, developed. Uh, you know, I think, I think, I think it's still an incomplete on Kelnick. I know there's a lot of heat around Kelnick. We can, we won't, let's not, let's not, let's not swing at the pitch in the dirt right now. We don't need to have a fucking Kelnick debate. He may not be it, but I think this year's an incomplete because he torpedoed the season because he tried to, you know, he, the, the water cooler, I think. So you got to grab, hey, listen, and I'm still going to hold on to my thing. Water coolers were meant for throwing and chucking, yeah. not for kicking. I that's 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 a life lesson. That's exactly right. So, but I I think what you're you know and you, uh, Hanno about the core and really kind of the offensive position player core, you know I think that uh, that Ty was a huge disappointment this year. I mean, let's just talk. I mean, they they you cannot have that production at first base and. They thought Suarez was going to be better, but Suarez was kind of at the end of the day just a run into them. Hit you know in a good lineup, Suarez hits sixth and runs into them, and you know is a 230-30-70 guy because he's a production guy. Just get some guys out. He's going to strike out a whole ton, whatever. But they needed more from France, and France. I think France. If you say the top three reasons that the Mariners disappointed this year ty france is in that top three and we could talk about if he's if he might be one because he was brutal absolutely brutal you cannot have a first baseman hitting two in the 240s and we know batting average whatever but then 10 home runs he had 10 or 11 uh you know not a lot of production a lot of singles a lot of strikeouts and key um uh you know situations he was brutal so I agree with you, but I also think that they have a lot of a wave coming of of, of position players where they're, you know, now I'm going to sound like Jerry, but Jesus, where, where that pitching core is going to meet the hitting core. And and so here's what I think. Here's actually what I think this year. I think that uh, they thought, and they were wrong, that they could kind of count the baseball card, knew they were going to pitch their fucking ass off, and get back into the playoffs, and that would have been good enough. And they were wrong, because I still think that this plan has always been let's let's continue to develop you know the sustainability thing, which has become a hot button. But really, because every teams have windows, and Jerry talked a lot about the fact that like when he gets this core to 27, 28, 29, 30, that's that window, and they're still on the front end of that. And so then. Um, so, so I think it was their window in player development, but I also I also think it was their window in in business in business stuff. And I I, I promise you, I promise you, I, I I felt it for a while. I think part of their 
uh, miserness <laughs> in the off season, and then the Colton Wong, Paula, Tommy Lestella. <laughs> you got sorry, you have to bring up Tommy Lestella. I think that was actually maybe a a a twenty four month trek towards Otani, and they were like, you know what? Here's the thing: if we can, if we can keep payroll here, if we if we can pay if we can keep payroll here, and we can be very good and drop the revenue here, we can go on a two year and bank that in to, uh, and you know, fans and that's fans don't want to hear that. They, they, you know, in the world of they're in the world, in the world of fantasy baseball and all this, just, they don't want to hear that, but I actually think that might be real. I think that might be real. I, so when Jerry talks about, you mentioned what years again, Kopi 27, 28 was that the time frame? So what bugs me, and he's got to know this, I mean, it's pro sports. We're, and Mariner fans are very patient. I mean, that's just that's just too long. That's, go, that's just crazy talk. And for him to think that is crazy, in my opinion. As far as if they were sale, are selling out to get Otani, I don't think it's enough still for this team. They lose Teoscar, let's say. Um, I, they still need to add more, in my opinion. But that's kind of where I am on those two comments. I think that Otani changes this team in a big way because what they need. So let's. I mean, so that was my thing looking back, right? And and so I I, I hear you, Hanno. Like I I and I I I you know I I feel that from the patient standpoint, and I and fans don't want to be patient. That don't fans don't want to be told to to, to be patient. I totally get that, but. I, I also think that that if you play this out and the and they you sign Otani and this pitching core continues and you add Robbie Ray and you you make a little bit more contact. I do want to talk about contact a little bit too because well let me just say this now. You know, for four years, three or four years you've been hearing control the zone, which was about uh you know, pitchers, pitchers throwing strikes and hitters uh not chasing and ta- and taking walks. And what I think happened with that, that was that was still happened with the shift rules. And then what happened is I think that that mindset got them to a place where they weren't as aggressive as they could have been and they were had way too much swing and miss in their lineup. I mean, if Kelnick plays a full season, this is not they've talked about this. If Kelnick plays a full season, they are likely have four of the top 10 uh, leaders and strikeouts in the American league on their, in one lineup. That's bananas. That's bananas. And so, and there's no, there's more, there's no more non-competitive result than a strikeout. And especially now with this, the rules that uh, reward putting the ball in play more and hitting and looking to hit the ball hard, not just out. Uh, this team has to make a lot more contact. So, so I think T. Oscar, appreciate you, man. I wouldn't do it. They might, they might, they might flirt with it and sign him to the qualifying offer to see if he opts for free agency. Because then, if he opts for free agency, you get a draft pick. So they might, they might make him the quali- qualifying offer. But I don't want him here next year. I think Suarez is untradeable, and he still has some money left. So you have he's going to be your third baseman. And and if you can put some things around him again, hit him six, and that's fine. First base is where it's at. And I think that 
this whole fucking debacle of 23 could actually be a really good thing for this because they, they got a, it's like, I mean, we can talk about it now. It's like not giving the ball to Marshawn at the one yard line. They got a little cute. You know, I said the thing about, I agree with you. Suarez, I like him. He plays great defense. He's a six hitter. The The bottom of our order at the end of the season, those names just drove me nuts. Sure, Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty, those are guys you need on your team or at least one of them in a championship playoff-type caliber team during that time. But they're bench role players who can win you games but not be starters. Um, what was the other thing you said, Cope? I don't know. Got back to you, Myron. Here, Here's how I feel about Teoscar Hernandez. Here's how I feel about um, Ty France. Um, here's how I feel about Eugenio Suarez. They're all great topics, and I think we should have um, deep dive things. Because if you're pointing at three people and you go, who didn't give me what I should expect out of them? Easily. Ty France, right? But then you also look at him at first base, and I know you go, oh, you can't have a first baseman that hits 250 and does this and does that. I don't think it really bothers me with – over because there's going to be one position sometimes you're going to have a second baseman that's just like out of this world second baseman and you just have to have somebody over at first base plays defense sure is that a power position yeah not happy with what ty france did this year thought it sucked at offensively also this is somebody that we've seen get hurt a lot every year whatever it is little nagging injuries i don't know if it's that he's tough and he's playing through it bottom line is they didn't have anybody else to play out and this is the first time Ty France has been bad for a long stretch. And I'd say he wasn't that great at the end of last year and then for most of this year. So he's had his stretch. But prior to that, he has been somebody that you can count on. So, like, for me, I'm very split on it because I'm also, like, going, yeah, it's the first time we've seen him stuck. And we saw him finish strong this year. He finished – and especially with the power stuff. That's my big thing. We know he knows how to hit the right field. We know he knows how to get a dribbler through. He is one of Tony Gwynn, last pupils. He uses the whole yard. I'm okay with that. Okay. I, if there's a better situation, if we can somehow get Vladdy Guerrero or, you know, something like that, somebody, or I've heard, uh, and we want to put a lot of stock into him and we've talked about him before. Um, Canzone supposedly plays first base. Never saw an inning out of him. There must be something there that Perry Hill or somebody said no. As far as uh, A. Eugenio Suarez, still had a lot of RBIs. This is somebody that hit 90 fucking RBIs. The strikeouts are always have always been there for him, so this isn't anything crazy. The power numbers, yeah, down by 10. Um, but his defense was kind of the trade-off. You know, how many runs did he save us playing good defense? And then as far as Teo Hernandez, here's my thing is if you get rid of Teo, you got to replace him. Sure. He kind of reminds me a bit of somewhat of uh, Nelson Cruz where I'm like, yeah, he can hurt you here or there, but still he can play some good defense. He's not like somebody that you can just, I don't know, but he hits the ball. He hits the ball hard. Didn't hit as hard as he did the year before, but he oh, he outdid his home runs 
games played. You know, uh, Teo, France, Suarez. I mean, good teams are not making these decisions on three, four players every year. That's a problem. You know, I mean, and we're and you want to add in J.K. Um, we're still not sure with him, and I get it. It's frustrating. Could they have bounce back years? Heck yeah. Could Ty France maybe go to driveline? I'm hoping it's like, you know, a Ballard Little Leaguer moves across 85th and comes to Northwest, you know, and becomes a good player. So, I mean, we're just hoping that something turns out right. Shots oh, fired. God. Shots you sound you, you sound like Bavassi. I think you I think you I think you guys are let me say this. I think you guys are hitting on an interesting point though that I never really thought about until now, but there was a failure in this roster as it was constructed in the duplicity. Like there's too much duplicity in it, right? Like you might need to, you might, you might have a guy like Suarez and Hernandez in your lineup, but those are kind of like the same guy, right? Who are going to hit like six for you, be run producers, run into some lots of strikeouts. You'll deal with it. You know, it's kind Offensively, of the yes. It's the Jay Beaner. It's the Jay Beaner. Offensively, you know? defensively, they're two different people. I, I guess I get that. I'm, I guess I'm talking about more about how you're going to construct your your and 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 Kobe and Kobe like you mentioned one person you can't walk away from because it's it's binded no right the other person you can go yeah all right no harm no foul if I'm tail I'd love to have tail but I'm I'm also about the let's do the one year qualifying offer I'm not about the let's go long term and if yeah. i'm teo at that age i'm probably looking for multi-years and i will get that. he'll get totally that. totally agree on the teo thing you give him the qualifying offer you hope that he doesn't sign it. if he does so so be it and if he doesn't you get the draft pick but um that's my whole point with otani if you lose a guy like teo otani will be your dh and that's a good thing you still need a dh but i just still think there's more pieces to that Mariners need to go out and do, and I just don't know if ownership will do that. Biggest offseason for this, I mean, huge offseason, right, for for, yeah. for Jerry. Huge, right? Like, huge offseason for Jerry and huge 2024, and I would even say the first start of the year for Scott Service. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you know, those guys are tied, right? So if – but – so – so, but I, you know, I think that, I think in a way, and this is the peaches and cream coming. This is the something like, this actually could have been a good thing because if they would have got into the playoffs this year, and, you know, I think there would have been a lot of vindication that maybe, the, you know, not taking that run, making that trade, um, spe spending the money on that guy could be validated. And I actually think that potentially – now, like, so next year is a playoff deep run year. It has to be. It absolutely has to be. And, and, Agreed. and I think that more so than this year, more so I, than this I agree. year. I feel I agree. like, I feel like this year, and Hannah and I have talked about it on teams, uh, whatever you want to go and watch a lot of 30 for 30s, whether it's baseball or whether it's other things where you watch whatever the Pistons. Um, you watch the the Mets, uh, the Queen series. You watch 
the Boston Red Sox for it, and you see the the gradual. We're here. We're ready to go. You skin your knees. Unfortunately, with um, you know the Seahawks as Seattle fans, we we saw the rise, and then we saw the waterfall. You know the reverse waterfall. And with the Mariners, yeah, I definitely feel like, hey, even so with the three guys that we talked about right there, you know, if you lost all three of the guys next year or two of those three of those guys next year and you replace, you know, whomever, whether it's somebody in the organization that comes in and takes it or it's uh, through free agency, the core of the team is there. And that's really what's going to gonna do it. It's the the Kirby's, the Logans, the Julios, the Cows. What happens with Kelnick? That's really what's going to tell the tale of the Spirit Munoz and everybody. And all these these add-on pieces, it's going to hurt as far as a fan standpoint, but. I feel like, too, from what we were talking about earlier, where I go, that part of it, I feel fine. And we just did an episode. We're going to put it out after this with Chris Estrada, who works for the Modesto Nuts and does all our social media. It's really exciting of seeing what's going on in our system. And Jerry did talk about in his press conference of, like, look at this farm system. Things One, if it's true, we got these guys coming in the pipeline and in this window. And a lot of our younger stars are very young. And two, it's also going to mark up the price for the trade capital, which I think possibly this press conference, the Cal, the um, JP, and we're in a different era. This is different than in 1999, whatever, somebody saying something. They're their problem. They're, They're this. They don't get it. It, we're at a different era where, like, the players really kind of look at NBA, look at these other sports, where the players kind of have a good say in, in it. So, Cope, you know, you say that it might have been a good thing. I mean, that just absolutely crushes me to think yeah, that it might have been a good thing. I know. Uh, but no, 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 but let me say this. But I look at it this way, and I get your point, possibly. I look at that of how the Mariners were in 2021 when they won 90 games and missed the playoffs. I thought they were not very good, and I thought it was smoke and mirrors. And so the way I'm listening to you, you said it would have been detrimental for the M's to to go on, make the playoffs this year, was still so many questions. And, and, you know, it just would have been – it would have stopped the progress. So I understand your point there. And – I agree with that. But like I said, it kills me to think that this might've been a good thing. And I say that because if we do make moves via trade or free agency, I mean, what do you guys really think? Do you think if we make trades, there's going to, is it going to be nothing but farm hands? Is it going to be some of the big club? Are, are do you, we're going to have to overpay for free agents. I mean, I've just never seen the Mariners really do that other than when they, you know, acquire someone via trade and then resign them. So I'm just, I don't know what they're going to do. Do you guys have any idea? I, I think there's, I think there's two moves. I think, I think you, 
I think it would be irresponsible to not take advantage of the prospect capital you have in the organization right now. Like, I mean, there's a lot, right? And and some may make it and some, some may not, but especially with this recent draft, and you combine that with some controllable arms, like I would I as as much as you don't want to, you know, to the fact that Wu got so much show this year, like you might have to, you might trade a Wu. Just and because I think there is probably two I think there's one free agent and one trade out there. I think your trade is gonna be looking at Soto, maybe Pete Alonzo, uh maybe J JD Martinez, something like that. And then I think I think your free agent is gonna be is gonna start obviously with Otani. And and I, I think they have a I think they have a better I I I've heard I've heard it's like this foregone conclusion that he's going to go to the Dodgers, which I just don't understand. Like I know he lives in L.A., whatever. I I don't know, maybe maybe, but I I I think there's a really good chance that the Mariners are going to back up the truck for him because you've heard my thing about how much business and baseball sense it makes. But if you if you can trade if you can trade and sign one, you know because. You you can't. I know we're going to focus on the lineup and position players, and I know that that's where the kind of sexiness is, and also it's where they came up short. So we should talk about it. But you you can't go too far away from the fucking pitching core that they have, right? And I was actually disappointed in how Castillo came down the stretch. I thought he would have been a lot better. He had some. He he was not great in down the stretch, but he over the course of the season was pretty good. You know. A lot of innings, and the core that they've assembled on the pitching side is pretty good. So you, you have to think you that's going to still be there, right? And and you could argue it might get better if Ray is healthy and can add to what Kirby and 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 Gilbert and Castillo have, and that and you know that's wild. But going back to a comment, I you know one thing I think this roster was just ill constructed because or how it got to because. Hannah, you said earlier, and I couldn't agree more. A really good roster doesn't both have Dylan Moore uh, and Sam Haggerty on it. Those are like the same guy. Those are the same guy. And, and Karen Caballero. I think next year you're going to see a little bit more punch, a little bit more fear off the bench. Mike Ford, I understood why he had a role on this team because you didn't have anybody else that had – any thump off the bench, any anybody that can come up and get that three run home run, and you got to have those. You got to have those guys on the team. And uh, Hannah, no, I, I agree. I understood it too. I mean, it, it bugs me when you see France and him in the order, and they clog up the bases. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> you know, the base running bugs me. But getting back to the that's other just thing, everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> Kopi talks about the the Wong inter, or the trade, and I have said that so many times too, Myron. I understand it too. Early on in the season, when I said I understand why it's made, you trade Wong for a cancer that you don't want, and it's two bad things. And you mentioned Hummel; he was traded for Kyle Lewis, who was hurt. But the problem with that, so that makes sense. But the problem is Jerry and the Mariners then count on these guys to be big misses, right? That's too much problem. stress. Yeah. Too right. much trust. Too much trust. And listen, there's also the, the the part of this that made me crazy early on in the year. 
earlier on in the year and everybody wants to focus on what happened in September, which is a disgrace what happened, but, and it sucks, but you lose the season early on in the, in the year. You had the chances with, with a lot of injuries on um, Houston. You can't take care of the head to head with Texas. You lose a lot of games. You have somebody like Wong that's there and you keep going and you keep going. I just felt like they there was with him and AJ, you could have made these cuts earlier. And I get the whole, well, we got to see if they've turned around. But it's like, look at how they ended their like their or how their seasons were prior to this. This is and look where their age at. This is kind of just what happens. It's just and going off of what Jerry said, hey, prime of a player is between what 28 to like 31. And then you look at Colton Wong and you look at AJ uh, Pollock. They're past that. We realize this isn't, they're hurting the team. That's where my management problem was of just knowing when to cut the losses. And that's where I kind of go is this a financial thing or is this, or is this just, uh, you know, having a player's manager in there and a player's GM where they're like, no, these guys are going to turn it around and having a little bit too much faith or emotional like callback to that versus just being like, this is what it is. I uh I agree. I mean, I yeah, I think it I think it was a whiff. Free agents was a whiff and they and and the guys that they counted on came up came up short and the the sneaky one of the sneaky one of the sneaky um injuries I think late in the year when they were going the Tom Murphy thing hurt cuz he actually it, hit, it hurt because he when they went on that run, he contributed offensively to that run. But yeah, that Tom Murphy, you know, he's one of Hanson's, one of his uh, biggest critics. But Hanson also has given him a lot of props. Uh, the guy can hit. Um, the defense is hot and cold. But the one thing that remains the same, you can't put together a complete 162. And that's, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, Cope. I mean, for Murphy, I don't know if you knew or heard. What triggers me is not him, the hitter, but a few years ago, before he got injured the first time in the Mariners, there was like seven plays at the plate where he dropped the ball, and it just irated me. So that's why I get, I'm get i sour on Murphy at times. But I agree. He's a great hitter. He, he hurt you quite a bit as far as a pinch hitter, too, from the right side and just what he can do. Um, but let's get – can I change the subject real quick? The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. So I think this ties into a, something you put on the outline, Myron, which is Texas and Houston. And I think we should talk about it because we're obviously chasing them. Both of them are playing for the chance to go to the World Series. And this comes back to what kind of moves are the Mariners going to make. They have to be smart, obviously. They have to 
we feel spend some money and you know not only spending money you don't have to spend the most they just have to be smart moves but my point is is that texas has a shitty bullpen they're i guarantee they are going to go out this offseason and fix it so they're going to th- so then you know that just bumps them up a notch and the mariners are still back here and still need to bump themselves up to get where they are now but knowing texas is probably going to make that next investment to fix that that's what that's what i start thinking about when i put it all together yeah yeah i cuz i i really believe that if um I mean, if Texas has a bullpen, <laughs> yeah. they win the West by like ten games. I mean, for real, like they would have run away for, for with it, and then it would have been us, and and they would probably beat us, you know, more than they already did. But I agree with you. No, it's it sucks to take to have this year, oh, because now you're chasing because Houston is going to be who they are, and you got to beat them, and they're still good. And and they and, you know and they'll and they'll continue to be good, <clears throat> and then Texas is here Tuesday. Like the the and they're going to invest in their pitching, and that core of the lineup is good. It's really good, and it's a good combination, you know. And it's what Jerry's trying to do. I get it, and 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 he just, but it's a good combination of big free agents, trades, and homegrown talent. You know, it's that right combination that they've fit together pretty fucking good. You know, the big free agent with Simeon. Uh, trade was Seager, right? And then, and then Garcia and, you know, uh, Jonah Heim is a good catcher. Heim and, and center fielder. Yeah, exactly. Jung. I mean, yeah. And Nathaniel Lowe is really good. I mean, that's a good lineup. Hannah, what's your final thoughts on everything here? No, just, uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully we can do it sooner. Um, it was fun. Um, and I, you mentioned that trade and I've seen your post Kopi, and I hope you're right. And I think you could be, nobody's talking about Ryan bliss, um, who was also part of the package. So hopefully, hopefully one guy hits too, you know, I like Canzone and Rojas too. Um, I liked, um, Cade Marlowe is a bench guy at times, you know, but like we talked about too many of the same guys. Uh, we just need to add and change it up. Maybe some contact hitters. Maybe some just actual game gamer dogs. You know. Yeah. If you he's ever say that peaches and cream bullshit again, it's about the journey. I'm gonna go down there and kick your ass. It's about winning some championships and winning the god to get in the playoffs more than one time in twenty fucking years. I know you're on. I know you're on there. Your movie kick. You just told us about a hundred more four movies, so that's in your brain. But can I, t- can I tell you guys a story? Can I tell you guys a story? I haven't stopped recording. Hold on, I haven't stopped recording. Do you want me to stop recording? No, no, no. This is this this is not for the podcast. Ooh, yeah, we're gonna stop right there. But that was one hell of a story that Kopi <laughs> told us. Uh, brought back some memories. Uh, let's just say that. But that is our episode for now. We'll be back next week. I've been kind of getting some episodes ready for our new season that I said at the top that kicks off uh, when the World Series is over with. I'm not watching that shit. And we'll be checking in on Hot Stove, but we will have a lot of guests. Uh, We're going to be more like guest people of interest. 
some great guests that will start leaking and announcing pretty soon here. But I'm really excited to get this new season started with the Mariners. And again, we'll talk some hot stove. We'll definitely talk hot topic Mariner issues. But also, we're going to check out some things. We're going to do some history stuff. We're going to do some countdowns. Um, just some fun content and conversations with a lot of great people. Um, can't wait to get you that. Can't wait till we're already on the clock, on the Otani clock, on the Soto clock, on the 2024 season, the Griffey year. Um, yeah. Anyways. Thanks again for liking, subscribing, and following. Checking us out on the Odyssey app or wherever you're getting that podcast action from. Hit us up on those socials. And also, if you need that gear, if you want the street cred for rocking the rye bread, hit up at simply.core on Instagram or Etsy. With that being said, Hanno, I know you are not here doing this, so I'm going to give you that charge. I'm going to charge you all up right now. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-